Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. Thank you, worship team. Yes. Good uh, Pastor Roger, could we do that again at the end, that last song? Not, yes. not that last song, but the song before the last song. Yes, that would be awesome because I like now that. Now you have them totally confused. Not that last song, but that song before the last song that was the last song. It's like living with you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a yes, very, we're married. <clears throat> I'm a very complex person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. And I have to be to live with him. <laughs> We love each other. Praise God. I was going to say, it it has been, we've been together 40 years. But. It seems like. But next Sunday is the big one. The big 4-0. Yeah. I'm like, really? It doesn't seem like it's been Mm -hmm. that long. No, it sure does. It seems just like a couple And then I look at our kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandkids who are almost 18, it's like <sighs> something's oh. wrong here. Praise God, we're in the you greatest can't part be that of life. Old. No. You know what? Our eyes don't see well enough so we look really good to each other. <laughs> but when Andy fixes the lights, Uh-oh, we're in it's trouble. all going to show. Well, let's just hope that our hearing doesn't pick things up and we'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right. <laughs> I hope you're ready for this. Uh, Are you guys ready today? Praise God. You know, the R3 has been so exciting, and I know we had the announcement and Andy went over it. I feel like a kid at Christmas. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do with what comes in. Amen? So the last three weeks we've done a series together. Rethink was the first week where we have to figure out what God wants us to do. And sometimes he wants us to do a new thing. Amen? Even though you're older or you've been in the faith a long time, maybe God's prodding you to do something He's shaking different. you up. Woo! And you know, you just got to go with it. And God's going to reveal himself. Wait, wait. How many need to be shaken up? <laughs> Amen. All Thank right. goodness I like change. So we need to look at ourselves as God sees us and rethink Week number two was rebuild, right? You don't want to start on the ground that's shaky. You want a solid ground. You want the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, to build your life on. So you need to rebuild. And today we get to talk about reinvest. Amen. Now, what does that mean? You know, to become a Christian is only the first step in your faith walk, amen? And after you give your life to Jesus... Then you need to learn to serve him. That takes a huge investment. Just like our marriage, it seems like it was just yesterday, and we're still having to invest into our marriage. I don't ever want to take for granted what we have. And your walk with Christ is like your marriage or something special to you. You've got to guard it with your life. You've got to invest in it. Amen? Amen. Well, before Jesus... Most of us invested poorly in this life. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you've ever 
thought back to your BC days before Jesus? Some of you are going, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so this might be you. But I figured it out. I spent over $3,000 in one year on German beer. Yeah, because I liked, I liked that. Back then, I liked that strong ale that I used to be able to get. And I, I started thinking about it. What a waste. I could have bought a Corvette with that kind of money. Right? Well, back, back, this back was then. in 1978, <laughs> all right? 1978. I could have bought a Corvette. And I, that'd be a waste too, wouldn't it? The car guys are going, no, <laughs> that'd be awesome. But it would be. Well, I'm thankful to say that since my wife and I have begun serving the Lord, our investments have changed. Mm -hmm. We no longer invest in the things of the world, but instead we invest in God's kingdom. And, of course, this scripture bears that out. Over the years, we've learned a lot about where to invest and where not to invest. And today we want to just share some highlights with you. Would you agree that whatever is important to God should be important to us? Right? And that's kind of where we're going today. What is the most important thing to God? People. You and I. Poke your neighbor and say, you're special to God. And what? I was poking you. Oh. <laughs> This is also why the devil tries so hard to seek, kill, and destroy. He does. He hates us because God loves us. And he can't have what we have. He had his chance. He blew it. And now he wants to destroy you and me. And we can't let him. That's John 10.10, 10, by the way. Jesus came to bring us life, though. And if we live our life for him, if we serve him, that's what's going to happen. He's going to fill us and give us abundant life. Not only that, but this is another reason. The devil fights so hard against us. This is another reason why we should fight equally as hard to get those people into God's kingdom and to share what he's done for us with them. Amen? Amen. You know, again, through the whole Bible, you see where God really loved people. But the one thing we want to focus on today is that children... We're at the top of his list. Amen. There any kids in here? Kids yeah. at heart? I knew <laughs> you'd raise your hand. Amen. Just, just something told me. You Amen. are, too. Yeah. You're well, the biggest you, kid in here. Do you know how special children really are? Look at Matthew 18, 2 through 6. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like a little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Those are pretty strong words. Jesus loved the children. So isn't it safe to say that we should make kids in this day and age an investment into our own lives? 
We need to lead them in the right direction. Amen. It says, for those who cause children to stumble. Now, that's just not from the Bible. He's telling you today. If you're causing someone to stumble. Now, maybe you don't have kids. You could be a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle. It could even be a neighbor child or a child from this church. You need to nurture them. You need to make sure that they're doing it God's way. If you're not, you're going to be in a whole heap of trouble. Unlike you like, unless you like millstones wrapped around your neck and drowned. That's how strong Jesus said it. Amen? Well, I have figured out that my PowerPoint is not going along with me here. So, what does it mean when we see the same thing written about in the Gospels more than once? Maybe two times. Maybe three times. It's important. That's it right. It was a typing error? <laughs> you ask. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Say that with me. It's important. It's important. All right. It Mark, wasn't an error. You done? Maybe. <laughs> it's going to be one of those mornings, isn't it? It is. I had coffee. <laughs> Mark 9, 39 through 48. Luke 17, 1 through 4. They both echo the same thing that Pastor Barb read out of Matthew. It means we need to listen to this. To emphasize what God was saying. The person that causes anyone to sin, and, and I want everybody here to listen to this because this is so important. Because I feel like we can step into this area rather easily today. Anyone that causes the least of these to stumble or to even walk away from God, that person should be doing this. If they cause them to, if they tempt them, if they caused them to do t anything through temptation, they would be better off hanging a millstone around their necks. How many know what a millstone is? How heavy is a millstone? Huge. Like four times heavier than you, right? At least. They're heavy. And let me tell you something. You have, if you have something like that hanging around your neck, where are you going? Down. You're going to drown because you're not going to get released from that thing. The Lord was saying, this, you would be better off if you're one of those that's tempting a little one or causing them to be tempted. You would be better off to cut your hand off or to pluck out your eye if it's causing somebody else to sin. Why? Because when you meet your Maker at the great white throne judgment, you are not going to find yourself in a good place. So if you're... Let me just throw out a few things. If you're helping a young person under the age, the right age of drinking, and you're helping them get booze, you're causing them to stumble. If you are someone that maybe you're not all that close to God, but your son or your daughter is, and you start telling them, what are you doing? Hey! I won't use the word I was thinking of, but that's garbage. That's not going to get you anywhere. What are you doing? You're causing that little one to walk away from the Lord. Listen, some of you, you've got 200, 300, 1,000 channels, and your kids come home and they sit there, click, 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 watching whatever they want. You are causing them to stumble. Put a safety on that thing so they can't get to those channels. 
And I was watching this the other night. I'm sitting there, and we're watching. It's a decent show. I can't even remember what it was now, and I don't remember the channel. But we don't have all, we have the extended basic at our house. And I'm watching that, and there was a commercial for a show that was coming on that was R-rated. And I'm sitting there going, what is wrong with us today? We need to be careful, folks. We need to help our little children meet God not drive them away from him. Amen. Is that it? Well, I have more. <laughs> it's our duty to protect the children. I got on that high horse. I, I saw that. I was like, you go, boy. You go. Children are so important to the Lord, and we must do all that we can to introduce them to Jesus and to keep them safe from the evil one. Proverbs 22, 6, teach your children in the way that we could go. You know, if... Uh, Somebody could run that and catch up with me. That would be awesome. Just because I'm all messed up there. That would be fantastic, John. <laughs> I know that one's there because I already saw it. Proverbs 22.6. This is the CEV, Contemporary English Version. Again, I want to just say it again. Teach your children right from wrong, and when they are grown, they will what? Do the right, Do the right thing. thing. Kids are... The next one, sorry. Ephesians 6, 4, and, and when the Gospels were written, the men were the authoritarian figure in the home. That's why men are pinpointed here. Today, it's kind of shared, isn't it? June, right? You got to pummel that young man next to you sometimes. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. So don't think, just because it says this to Dad, that you're excluded because all of us are I part always of thought that it was just the guys that couldn't do that. That's why I yelled so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why they never listened to you. Hey. Oh, did I say that? That yeah, was, a, you that said was that. an inside <laughs> thought. That, that should... <laughs> Ephesians 6 4 Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. And I've learned over the years how not to provoke. Not just because it's wisdom, but because now my youngest son is as big as I am, so, or bigger. So I have to be careful. But bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. It's so important that we, we grasp that last part. Children need to be taught. Our teenagers, even though they say, Oh, you're an idiot, Mom. You're an idiot, Dad. You don't know what you're talking Yeah, you do know what you're talking about. Because you know what sin does, and you've lived it. And you need to somehow impart into them why it's important to serve Him and not the ways of the world. Amen. Amen. Kids are precious to God, and as their caretakers, we should do all that we can to ensure that they are safe in this world that seems to have lost its marbles. Would you agree? At least in the sense of our morality. Some of the things I see, I just... God has just got to weep. Parents, I already said this, but bears witness again. Monitor what your kids watch on TV. You know, it babysits them probably more than anybody else. And now with these great devices, if they have internet access, there's not much they can't get a hold of. Watch what they watch. Be a part of that. Well, I'm still going. <laughs> Matthew 16, 18. How many know what that says? Peter, rock. You with me? Figured it out yet? 
All right, I'll read it then. Now I say to thee, you that you are Peter, which means rock. Jesus said this, And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. God chose to build his church in people. And Jesus used Peter to illustrate what the church would eventually look like. All right? Now some say, well, Jesus was talking about himself, and that's true. But he was very clear that he used Peter for the example, and Peter means little stone. He takes all of us, little stones, and puts us together to make something amazing. We call it the church today, capital C. What I want you to see here today is that after Jesus prophesied over Peter, and he just seemed to be the one that always got in trouble, right? <laughs> and a lot of us can really, really relate to Peter because we're always in Claudia's nodding her head, yep, trouble, trouble, we're always in trouble. But notice that after Jesus prophesied over Peter, the devil didn't go after the rest of the guys, did he? He didn't, he didn't make John deny Jesus three times. Mm -mm. He went after Peter, Peter, the one who was supposed to establish the church. You see, Jesus prophesied, so if it didn't come true, what would that make Jesus? A false prophet. Exactly. But Jesus did prophesy it, and it did come to pass. But he said this. He said, but you're going to deny me three times. Three times before morning comes, before the rooster crows. And that happened too. You can read that in Luke 22, 31, 32. And as we study the scriptures, we see where Satan actually wanted to sift Peter like wheat. He, he wanted to destroy what Peter was supposed to be doing. And as the Bible teaches, after Peter denied Jesus, what did he do? He ran and he hid at the lake. He went back to his old trade, which was fishing. <laughs> Let's fast forward. Jesus is crucified, buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah, that's good news. Glory to God. And then he went looking for his friend, Peter. Dude, what are you doing? I mean, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I don't think dude's in the Bible, but... Jesus asked him, what are you doing, Peter? What do you think Peter was thinking? He listened to the lie of the devil. You denied him three times. God can't use you anymore. You're a failure. God's not going to put you in that place that he prophesied now. Really? We know that's not true, don't we? Amen. How many of you listen to the liar? How many of you are sitting here today and go, man, I've done that. God's been challenging me to do something important in this life, and I have denied him because I thought I'd gone too far. But you haven't. 
And you need to understand that you served Creator God and there's nothing He can't do in your life. When you become born again, you are changed. The old man is behind and the new man is coming out. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. And you may stumble here and there. You may fail at different places, but you get back up. You get on your feet and you say, God, forgive me. And then you move on. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. You're a blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled believer. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got nothing to worry about when it comes to the, the devil. That's right. Hallelujah. You know, a failure is only somebody who quits trying. And I'm so thankful that God put men like this in the Bible that we can relate to. So some of us that might speak out more than we should or do things like this, God has a place for us if we keep picking ourselves up and going forward. Amen? Wrapping up my little part here. Jesus had this chat on the side of the lake. And here's what he said, and I'm just going to paraphrase this. John 21, 15 through 17. He kept saying this, Peter, do you love me? Remember? Peter, do you love me? Three times, the same number of times that Peter denied Jesus. Peter, do you love me? And then he, he gave an action command with each one, and it was this. Feed my lambs, remember? Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Those were the three. Feed my lambs, which I feel like that's the little people. Take care of my sheep. That's the brothers and sisters in the body. You know we need to look out for each other, right? That's why we meet. We need each other. Hold each other up. Hold each other accountable, etc. And then finally... We need to feed the adults that come, in, that come to Christ in the later stages of their life. I mean, I was 23 before I met Jesus as my Lord. Some of you are much older. And we need to make sure that we're discipling you folks and so that you don't stray from Him once you've come. And, and that's what we're really trying to condense Amen. in this church. We're trying to come up with the ways that God wants us to take care of you so that nobody's lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This takes hard work. One of the things that Jesus said just before He went to be with His Father in heaven was go. Go. We call it the Great Commission. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all of my commands. Those are the things that we need to do with these new converts at this church. But hear me, if we fail our mission, or if we don't even try, then you and I are going to be held for the blood of those souls. Are you hearing me today? We can't take this lightly. This is... People's lives, eternal futures, rest in whether or not we carry out the Great Commission. And I hope to tell you that as your pastor, if you're from this church, we are moving in that direction. And we are going to take care of the church. Hallelujah. So how are we doing? Are we feeding our children God's Word? Are we taking care of the fellow believers? Are we reaching the lost and making disciples? We're working on it. Pastor Barb. Oops. As I 
as we saw in Matthew 18, again, I'm saying it, God loved the children. And this is where we want to focus in on this part of the service. You know, it's so awesome. God calls kids. There's never an age that God can't use. And sometimes I hear, oh, just put them in that room over there because they don't know better. Yes, they do. I don't know if you've ever seen it. We have kids up here that are up here to pray for you. And there is an anointing on a child that adults, as awesome as you are, get to those kids. They are so pure with their faith. God uses the young ones. Quite often they have more faith than the adults do, amen? So we need to encourage kids when they respond to God. Not only do we need to teach them, but we need to nurture that too. The Lord is calling our children out because he loves them, but he also wants to raise them as an army. Are you taking the time to train the children that are around you? Have you ever said to a child, not right now, honey, I'm really busy, go play. Or, you know what, I'm really tired tonight, let's talk about, go to bed. You don't take the time to hear what they're saying and what God is doing in their life. In the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel, there's a situation there between Eli and Samuel, and he was just a little tiny thing. His mom gave him to Eli, the priest, to raise spiritually. I know that sounds pretty incredible. I bet you there was a few times when I, my kids were that age, I might have been able to say, hey, go to the pre." No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, that's a huge sacrifice in someone's life, amen? Well, I'm not going to read it. It's in 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10, and this is the scenario. Eli's failing, even as a priest, but God has entrusted him with this little boy, Samuel, who has a heart for God. And they go to bed one night, and Samuel's bed, bedroom was near Eli in case he needed anything because his, his eyes were failing, his mind was failing a little bit. And so he's sleeping, and Eli goes to bed, or Samuel goes to bed, and he hears, Samuel? And Samuel sits up in bed and says, coming, Eli. And he runs into Eli and he says, you called me. What do you need? He goes, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Do you see it? He missed it. He missed what was going on. So Eli says, okay, I'll go back to bed. So Samuel lays back down. And again, Samuel, Samuel jumps up, goes into Eli's room and said, okay, what do you need? And Eli goes, I didn't call you. Would you go to bed and quit bugging me? paraphrased. Eli goes to bed. This happens a third time. Then it starts to click with Eli. Don't be the one that it takes three times to click. You might miss it. Eli realizes it's God calling Samuel and he wants to talk to him. So this time he instructs Samuel and says, when you go to bed, if you hear the voice, say, yes, Lord, What is it you want? And out of this, the Lord tells Samuel what God's going to do. And even it wasn't a really good report for Eli, but you can read that. The important thing is, 
is the instruction. Amen? Like Eli, you need to recognize those God moments when they happen. As a parent, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, and sometimes just a neighbor, you have the opportunity to invest in a little one's life to draw them spiritually closer to God. And you know, as much as I would like to think children's ministry is going to teach your kids, it's a great nugget for the week for you to take home and teach your children. We don't have these kids long enough for them to hardly even trust us. 45 minutes once a week. Don't expect us to teach your children. We'll do everything we can to give them the the things that you need. Amen? But we need to start pouring into our children's ministry so that you can pour into your kids. We can help jumpstart, but the real teaching is done by you. We want to see your children as little Samuels. Amen? And we have a few. So look for those teachable moments in their lives. Samuel was about three when Eli took him in the temple. Can you find the pictures there, John? So how many think kids can be taught? Put the first picture of the child up. Well, knowing we were teaching this, we had several testimonies come in. And we want to show you. Can this, you turn the lights down, too? This is Wesley. This is um, Andy and Sarah's nephew. How old is he? Five. Five? Last week, in Mount Hope Lansing, it's called the, the Garden Prayer Chapel, or outside, where you can go and pray. That five-year-old told his mom, I want to go pray. Mom, I want to go pray. So they let him go out there, and Sarah's mom was sneakily clicking pictures. That young man was out there for 30 minutes on his knees, praising God, lifting his hands. You know that's a miracle. Five years old for at least 30 minutes. He was on his face before God. Amen? Hallelujah. And then we had something else happen this week, a little closer to home. Our own grandson, Grant, came out of his bedroom and he had tears in his eyes, and his mom and dad are like, what, Grant, what's up? Well, first he said, um, I th- think I heard from God. Five years old, my grandson. And dad's like, well, what do you mean you heard from God? And he says, well, at first I thought it was Captain America. <laughs> but then I realized it was God. And they videotaped a little bit of this. It's real short, so... But go ahead and would you put that first uh, video up? Okay, Grant, what were you saying? God went in my heart, and he held my whole body. Now my brain's K, and now I did a good job. And I love people now, and now I'm going to be nice to people now. God said to me, talk to my heart. Oh, you're so precious. That's wonderful. I love you. And I'll pray about somebody died every night. Okay, honey. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to feel Jesus' heart, feel everybody's heart. and I'm going to love everybody in the whole world. How does that make you feel? Um, it, fe- it feels me happy. God told me, brain, 
To be nice. God told you to be nice? Mm-hmm. I love you. Thanks. <laughs> now you have to realize Grant has Papa O's personality. <laughs> so I'm not even stepping into that one. But the reason he's holding his eyes is he was actually crying. And I mean, come on, a five-year-old. God got a hold of these two boys, and he moved in their lives. It was genuine. Amen. And he's trying to do the same thing with us, but some of us are old and staunchy, and we, we don't want to let that happen. Give it to them. Amen. Unless you become Amen. like one of these little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, we had one more, but we're not going to show it. But last week, Tony came to us as man I got to show you what happened in children's church and they didn't have an adult to do praise and worship down there so a young girl Sila got up there when she's been going right along with the adult and Tony says man you got to do it you're the only one here she got up there the Holy Spirit moved and you can see it in her actions and she was doing it like an adult she had it all together and the kids were on their knees, were in, they were praying, they were raising their hands, they were singing along. God did a move down there. And he's moving down there, he's going to move here. Amen? So God is doing some things that we need to be a part of. We need you to partner with us. We need adults down there to be able right. to have children's ministry flowing the way it needs to flow. And we've got kids that are already stepping up to the plate. So it's not a lot of work for you and I. We just need to invest into these kids, amen? Right. We can lead our children back to the Lord, but it's going to take a big investment. If we do, our future and theirs will change for the good, amen? Just think about it. What if Eli never instructed Samuel to listen for God? What if he just kept saying, go to bed, shake it off, you're just hearing things? We need to be careful that we're not doing the same thing. How can we invest in our kids? We need to listen to them. We need to instruct them. And then we need to give them the opportunity to move in that spirit. Amen? Amen. Well, as we just start to wrap this up, here's the challenge. To you, the church. Are you helping disciple the little lambs and the sheep, ensuring that they're fed, that they're taken care of? As you already alluded, our nursery and preschool, we need powerful people in there to invest in those little people. And I was going to bring a, an illustration out. What I've seen done before is a little teeny candle and a great big candle and they light both of them, and they say, which one's the kid? And most people point at the little one because it's smaller. But that's not true. With the child, their candle is just beginning to burn, whereas the adult is already burned down. And God, for whatever reason, is able to get a hold of these little people a lot more so than us adults. I think I already said this, but a lot of times, because our hearts are hardened, We've gone through enough in this, this world. Life has hit us enough that we start to question whether there's even a God. And that's some of you. 
It's a tragic place to find yourself. And that's not where God wants you to live. It doesn't matter what's come against you. It's not God's fault. If you really study out the scriptures, you'll see that. We live on a planet where sin is rampant. That wasn't God's fault. It wasn't God's fault. And he made a way where there was no other way. He sent his son Jesus because he loved us that much. His only son. To die for you and me. And anyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's his promise to us. But sometimes we get so buffeted by life that we just start, uh, I don't even want to know about God anymore. I've had so many injustices hit me. You think God hasn't had injustices hit him? Think about Jesus the day that they crucified him. He didn't deserve any of that. He'd never sinned in his whole life. And yet, he took all of our sins upon himself so that we'd be set free from it. That's the kind of God we serve. Here's the challenge. We need people in our nursery, in our preschool, in our children's ministry. We're always looking for volunteers. And just to set you guys at ease, we always do a background check on anybody that's working in there. So you guys can rest at ease if you're a parent. We also want those who are in there to be taught, and we will help you with that. We have leaders that train other volunteers to come in and maybe read a story or do a puppet or whatever it might be. We help you with that. We don't just thrust you in there and say, okay, have fun. Our junior high and high school ministry is always looking for adults who can mentor our young people, whether it's just to say, I love you, or maybe it's to teach a Bible lesson. That's something God's put on your heart. Can I interject right here? Yep. <clears throat> when we did children's ministry down in Mount Hope Lansing, we were praying about it and asking people to join us to help. And we had this couple, and we knew them well. They came running up to us and go, you Norm Barb, Norm, we want to help you, but we don't like kids. <laughs> Some of you are thinking that right now. I don't want to be down there with those slimy-nosed kids. I got something for you, because this is exactly what this couple did. They worked behind the scenes. They came in every Sunday and helped us set up and let us go out into the hallway and greet the parents while they tore down and put away. And they did a great job. They did a great job. They did it for four or five years. There's always something in the background that needs to be done. And he wants to use you, and you're just as much a vital part of the ministry as those up front. Amen? And then, as I said last Sunday, we have new converts who come in almost every week. Somebody raises their hand for salvation. And we want to start partnering with them and helping them to make the right choices, just to be there for them and say, do you have questions? Or if they stop showing up at church, to be able to say, hey, everything okay? You know, we're here for you. I haven't seen you in church, but we need help like that. All of us do. I've been in the ministry, how many years have we been doing this? Since 92. Since the dinosaurs. <laughs> Since 92. And there are still times when I need help from people like you. So all of us have moments where we need somebody to side up next to us and say, hey, I'm here for you. Finally, there's that monetary side. And you've been hearing a lot about that the last couple of weeks. Each of these areas need a financial Oops. Oops. 
They need help. And we've already explained what we're planning to do. Uh, and every time that Andy thinks about it, he comes up with a lot more that we could do. So <laughs> I'm telling you, if more comes in than the 30,000, we've got a place to put it. Amen. Trust us. And when we're finished, this place is going to be a well-oiled machine. And to God's glory. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me, us? Recently, I read an article that said, show me the church's balance sheet, and I'll tell you what's important to that church. And that is so true. We have an opportunity to get it right. And we're asking each of you, if, if this is your home church, if you're a visitor, I hope you don't feel any kind of compelling conviction or whatever here. That's not our intention. We're glad you're here today. Enjoy it. Come and get to know us, and then maybe down the road you'll, you'll feel like this is someplace that you'd like to invest in. But for now, just come and, and visit and just listen. But for those of you who this is your church, we're asking you to join us. Not just in the financial end of this. We need you physically to join arms with us and hands in, in prayer, in fasting. <laughs> Some of us need it more than others, but not for that reason. <laughs> we need you to teach, to build sets, to move the mouth of a puppet. And it's drop the jaw, I actually did it wrong. <laughs> We need you in the worship. We need the choir. In fact, Pastor Roger's been working with our kids to be able to come out and sing a song, and we're going to be hearing that soon uh, with the help of the parents because you're going to have to get them here on a Saturday to practice. <laughs> we need everybody to work together. In the Assemblies of God, I shared this last week, we are better together. We are better together. The stronger that we are when we come together, the better we are to face the onslaught of the enemy and to reach people around the globe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if the worship team would come on up. Anything you would like to add here? As you guys get ready, if you could just play softly, just for a minute, Pastor Roger. Would you bow your heads and your hearts? Again, the prayers that go up for this message each week, this is really where it all kind of comes to a head. This is where the Holy Spirit is talking to you, and He's already been talking, but now He just sort of capsulizes it and says, what are you going to do? You've heard the word, are you going to be a doer of the word? I've been speaking to you. Now I'm asking you, join me. Become a part of my kingdom. And it's really quite easy to do, at least at the, the beginning of it, because all you have to do is ask him to forgive you of your sins and make him the Lord of your life. And then, then the work begins, because then you have to start putting that old man down because he's going to want to, hey, let's go to the bar tonight. Yeah. And you're going to be going, uh, nope, that's the old man. I'm going to church instead. I'm going to pray instead. No, I'm going to get my Bible out instead. Amen. That's the kind of stuff 
that God will do in your life. And he'll help you with that if you let him. So I want to ask right now, with every head bowed, eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I need Jesus. Either you need salvation for the first time or you have been sinning and not living for him and you want to turn your life around today, you want to rededicate your life today. If that's you, would you quickly put your hand up so I can see it? Thank you, Jesus. Yep. Anybody else? Yep. You can put them down if you already raised them. Anybody else? You need Jesus. How many in this room, just to add on to that right there, how many in this room would say, Pastor, I haven't been investing in the kingdom like I know you want me to. But on 9-11-2016, I'm going to purpose in my heart to begin serving the Lord, and I'm going to reinvest in His kingdom as much as I can possibly do. If that's you, would you lift your hand up? Hands going up all over the room. We want to pray for you. And if you raised your hand for salvation, I want you to pray this prayer as though you're saying it to the Lord Himself because He is here. He does hear you. Pray, Saints, I'd ask you to pray with us. Father, Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I believe Jesus died for me. And today, I receive that free gift of salvation. As much as it's possible, I purpose to serve you all the rest of my days. I give you my life, all that I have. It's all yours, Lord. Now help me to live for you. Help me to get to know you more. Help me to read your Bible. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. And I believe if you raise your hand, you have just been sealed in the blood of Jesus. We do have a booklet in the back. It's called The Start of Something Wonderful. So please take one of those if you don't already own a copy. It's a wonderful little booklet to get you started on your walk with the Lord. And Lord, we love you. We just we commit the people of Mount Hope Church and all of our visitors, Lord, into your hands. Keep us safe in our coming and going. Pray this again in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.